We're back, baby. It's Unspoken Request, episode number 81. It's 11 p.m. It's Wednesday night all over the world. It's Unspoken Requests on the radio, on WFHB. Maybe it's on a podcast on your Apple Watch. But I'm here, I'm Jared Cheek, and this is my co-host, Mike O. Mike O. Mike O. Adams. Mike O. Host. Uh, <laughs> Good news, Mike. Hold on a second. What? Can you play an i? Uh, can you play a podcast from your Apple Watch? I don't know. Let's get Jeb Jeb Bush on the line. Ask him. <laughs> Does he know? What's he doing today? Probably just resting on his laurels. Probably. What do you think he had for lunch today? Tuna sandwich. Oh, you're probably right. Not even toasted. Hey, good news. We got special guest co-hosts back in the studio. Oh, thank God. Back in the outdoor studio. Who? We have Aaron Lowell and Anna Powell Denton. Welcome to the show. Hello. Hello. Oh, we can hear you. Everything's working. Great. Great. I've got two filters on my mask, so oh, there's some extra. I'll tell you, Jared, uh, Jared has a mask on too. He put one on. Yeah, there's a novel coronavirus going around. Okay, hold the phone. <laughs> he only put that mask on moments ago. I don't care about getting you sick. And he also told me it was for warmth. I, I gotta <laughs> that say, that is true. I'm. We're sitting here in a garage with both windows open on either side, which is unique to Mike's garage. Doors, doors, doors. yeah, both doors, big yeah, doors. Yeah. 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 They're very cool. I'm thinking about taking my mask off. I'll tell you this. I think we'd be okay. I, I meant to ask before we started what your comfortability was. I figured with, we would go uh, without we're basically it. outside. There's a little wind going on here. Yeah. I'm going to do it. You I, should. Anna, you do what you feel comfortable doing. Yeah, here's what I would say. You should do whatever you feel comfortable doing, and you should also tell me if anything I'm doing is making you uncomfortable. Okay. Great. I'm really good at that. Oh, it sounds a lot better now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The reason I said that is because I would want... I, I'm the same way. I would never tell someone if I was uncomfortable with something they were doing. But if they said, tell I would, me... I would get coronavirus and, and die before <laughs> I inconvenience someone. Mike, is Mike-o a new... <laughs> That was just Jared making a, oh. a a flub and me going along with it. Mike O. Mike O. Host. That's, that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not bad. Mike O. We've been saying Venmo the Stenmo. Venmo oh. the Stenmo? Venmo yeah. the Stenmo. What's the Stenmo? Your, st- your stimulus. Your stimulus. Oh, stimmo. Oh, yeah, that's Vimmy good. the Stimmy. Yeah. Vimmy the Stimmy's my favorite. <laughs> We're, in so a pandem- We're in a pandemic mo. So we need Biden to bend with the stidmo. That's right. You know, when I was in high school, <laughs> Sharika Clark told me uh, that if someone uh, hits your beeper, that they're hitting the hip. Someone's about to hit the hip. <laughs> and if you need to call them back, you got you got to say, I got to hit the hip mo. <laughs> That's what Sharika Clark Wonder told me. She also is the first person I ever heard. This was 1999. First person I ever heard use the word twerk. Mm. Oh. And now that word's everywhere. Like <laughs> suburban moms are saying it. So it started in Kosciuszko County. No, I'm just saying that's the first time I heard it. And and yeah. the context was um because she was explaining like where it comes from. She's like, twerk to work. It's T W E R K. This weekend I'm a twerk. Oh. Is what is what she told me. Huh. I'm going to work. Okay. Meaning 
Oh, with yeah. the rear end, but right. and like the meaning hasn't changed, but that's just the context in which I learned about twerking. You know what I found uh, that people really enjoy with our outdoor recording setup is they love hearing the motorcycles <laughs> go by. It's it, like it is kind of a drag strip out here. Yeah, I thought you were gonna say it's kind of a drag, but it's it's not. It's no, the opposite. I don't it's it. like a drag strip. Yeah, it's really cool. I think everyone who does that is super cool. Yeah. I have a, I've got a love-hate relationship with this street that I live on, this loud, imposing highway. I hate... What do you love about it? Uh, it m- feels like a real barrier between me and the world. I don't... I feel very safe living where I live yeah. uh, for that reason, because it's like, I live on a busy highway, and there's not a lot of suspicious activity going on, because there's a bunch of cars whizzing by at all times. Oh, uh, yeah. So I do feel like I'm in a weird little, like, alcove. Yeah. Yeah. I full disclosure, I've lived here. That's true. For three months of my life. Yeah. Was and, that it? Yeah, I think so. Oh wow. And um, I felt, felt like the same way. <laughs> uh, Mike, well, the other night Anna and I watched something that was scary. Oh yeah. And I couldn't go to sleep afterwards. Yeah. And I take a lot of comfort in a car driving by, but where we live, that doesn't really happen. You night. guys live in a spooky place. I do not watch. Spooky things when Anna's not around because I get really freaked out. <laughs> it's scary. But the wind and the trees making shapes and sounds. I'm scared of the wind. That's yeah. another thing. We had yeah. windy days this week. I like actually am scared yeah. of the wind. It freaks me out. It's like nature's angry at you. <laughs> it's, it's, a li- it's a literal it's sound. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I watched a movie last night. What? We did too. So. What'd you watch? <laughs> you guys want to guess? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to uh, guess. Titanic. Fletch. Wrong. Fletch. Wrong. Oh, uh. Mm. You'll never guess. Borat 2. Wrong. Good guess. Can you give us, like, what kind of mood you were in? It's a Tom Hanks film. Oh, oh big. big. No, I watched The uh, Terminal. I wa- Bridge of Spies. <laughs> <laughs> this is Doubtfire. Is Sully. Not- no, I didn't watch Sully. I watched It's a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Oh. oh. Guess did guys, what? Did you guys ever see that? No, no but guess what? The kids and I watched Castaway this week. Oh. So that's a Tom yeah. Hanks movie. Yeah. <laughs> How'd that hold, hold up? It's funny because it's a fine film. Uh, you know, the story is compelling and interesting and it's acted well, of course, by one of our master thespians. Uh, Thespian is such a weird word. <laughs> Uh, but there are some funny decisions made in that movie that are like silly, that make it feel a little bit silly. Like when did it come out? Like ninety eight, two thousand, two thousand. Mm. Uh, but it takes place from nineteen ninety four to nineteen ninety nine. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, so that's a funny thing. Is it based on a true story? No. Uh-uh. Huh. That's a weird little delay in time to add to a movie. Why yeah. not just make it like seem it makes like sense for Uncut Gems, which is a documentary. Yeah, Uncut Gems. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think it was just that they were making it... They probably started making it in 98. Oh, I see. And then they jumped back to start the movie. And then by the time it right. came out, it was already passed. What were the weird details? There's like a weird Elvis uh, hook to that movie for some reason, where a lot of the music featured in it is Elvis music that tends to be like thematically appropriate in weird ways. Huh. Not when he's on the island, of course, but uh, before and after that. There's like a... And they mention Elvis. There's an Elvis hook huh. for some reason to the movie. Um, 
the it's very FedEx heavy, you know, uh, which oh, is yeah. appropriate to the movie, but it is really ha- like you're really beaten over the head with the FedEx thing. Oh, mm-hmm. um, and that like might, branded, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it does uh, matter to the story that there's the shipping company involved. Mm. It's a big part of it, but <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I can't remember now what else felt kind of funny about it, but mostly overall, I'd say holds up pretty well. We watched that thing you do uh, probably nine months ago, mm-hmm. and that was so good. It's one of my favorite films. Yeah, yeah, I love it. T. Hanks mm-hmm. also in that. What'd you so what? What did you think of? Uh, what did you watch? Big. <laughs> I watched It's a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Uh, what did you think? Neighborhood. I. It wasn't exactly what I what I expected it to be. That's I, what I'm afraid of. Uh, I, I I cried more than I expected oh, to cry. Oh. Like probably three different times. Yeah. It seems like a movie tempting me to cry, and that's why I've been resisting it. Yeah. Because it's like, this is just going to like play at that story. I'd rather watch the documentary, which I haven't seen either. Oh, yeah. You should watch... There's a there's an earlier version of that document or is an earlier documentary that I think doesn't have some of the stuff in the new one. I think it's a PBS produced one. Mm. And it has some of the uh, Rick Seaback footage, I think, from his interview with him, which I don't think is in the new documentary. Ah. Although I think you can see Rick Seaback's docu- uh, interview with Mr. Rogers, Fred Rogers on YouTube, so you can just watch that. You guys know about Rick Seaback, right? Yes. He's great. So wh- how was the movie different than you were envisioning? Oh, I don't know. I just, I thought it, I didn't, I didn't think it would be so much about this guy writing an article. Yeah. that's. I a, didn't know anything okay, about it. Really so that's actually I, the only thing I've heard about it is that it's, yeah, that's it's about the journalist and it's not necessarily about Fred Rogers. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I know. I thought it'd be a little more autobiographical mm. about it. Although you get, you know, you get, a, uh, you learn a lot about him from his interactions with this guy for sure. Have y'all ever heard that Davy Rothbart story about m- meeting Mr. Rogers and then meeting him again? No. It's no. a This American Life thing. I- I'm a big Davy Rothbart fan, uh, but he's got a great tale about his family meeting Mr. Rogers, and then he kind of goes and, as an adult, catches up. It's kind of cool. Oh. Yeah. Real hmm. touching. Real sweet thing. I also watched that new Punky Brewster documentary. Oh, how was that? Have you guys seen this? No. I've heard that it exists, but I have not seen it. It was it was it was very interesting. It's pretty heavy. Soleil Moon Fry. Yeah, um, she like filmed every everything in the nineties. Like she always had a camcorder with her around oh. her friends, which were like you know famous people. Uh, and it's uh, it's pretty pretty heavy stuff. A lot of people died. Uh, you know. Making Punky Brewster? <laughs> this is after Punky Brewster. Oh. Talks I'm about losing talk, with any talks about losing her virginity to Charlie Sheen, who's like <laughs> oh my at least ten years older than her. Yeah. Hmm. Uh stuff like that. Yeah. But it's a lot of it but it's yeah, it was very interesting. What's it called? Uh something ninety. Kid nine kid nineties, nineties kid, kid okay. ninety, something like that. Ninety snails. Anyway, it's the <laughs> Yeah. I hope Mike says 90 snails because there's a yeah. there's a nail salon in town called 90 90 snails. <laughs> <laughs> it's called 90s nails. 90s nails, like nails from the 90s. <laughs> yeah. But you can pronounce it as 90 snails <laughs> yeah. if you want to have some fun with your friends. Yeah, that was a fun <laughs> moment. 
Uh, we watched Nomadland last night. What's that? With Francis McDormand. How was that? Yes. McDormand. Yeah. Uh, it was so good. It's really? on Hulu. Okay. And it was fantastic. I haven't even heard of it. I'm Be unfamiliar. ready for very real, like, it gets really real. But it's beautiful. Raw? So it's like what it's happens raw. when people stop being polite and start yeah. being real, like on the real world. <laughs> yeah. It's, it was great. It was really good. You know the, the you guys have Peacock? Oh, sure. No. Yeah, sure, sure. Peacock Premium? No, 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 no. 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 For $4.99 a month? Never. Oh, okay. They added the WWE Network to Peacock Premium for four ninety nine a month. Wow. It, the WWE Network doesn't exist anymore. It's, oh, it doesn't? It's, it's just part of Peacock. Oh, interesting. Buy up. Yeah. So you're a Peacock guy now. I, I had it before because th- uh, through our internet, it was uh, a Peacock Premium was included for free with our internet. So we already know. Wow. You're just a... Uh, you're that's how we watch Columbo. Oh, nice. You guys ever watch Columbo? No. I think you would like it. Is it about... What's it about? Um, Peter Falk plays a detective named Columbo, a lovable detective. as a basset hound. Uh, and he's going around solving crimes in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Snails. We need Snails. a new show. <laughs> oh, I... So, yeah. I, maybe I would... We started with season three, which takes place in like the early 70s, I think. You started with season three? They're all kind of like, a lot of them are basically like, there's no like arc to it. Each uh, one's a different case, you know? Yes. So we just kind of picked like which guest star like we wanted to see, you know? And this, there's a lot of really great guest stars in Colombo. Jess has for the first time ever gotten sucked into the X-Files, oh. which is similar, where it's like each episode is encapsulated in itself, you know? So yeah. you can kind of jump in wherever. I subscribed to an, another streaming service called Night Flight Plus uh, recently. I can't believe I did that. I can't believe it either. Just there's too many things to subscribe to, and you know I'm on a I'm on a shoestring budget. So, but they had the content that I crave, so I went for it. What kind of content attracted you to this? It strikes me as like a v, like a '90s VHS rental place on the internet it's got a little bit of that vibe to it it's a lot of um how would i describe their content it's music heavy lots of music related oh content i thought it was only video i took a precursory look at the link you sent me oh yeah uh it's um yeah lots of music documentaries lots of weird esoteric like some one of my favorite things that's on there is there a handful of like um, taking a look at this band, the unofficial, unauthorized documentary of this band? Yeah. Uh, there's a Strokes one that I haven't watched yet. I watched one whole documentary that was in defense of Green Day's middle period. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I loved it. It was like the, exactly the kind of thing like when I was a teenager, channel surfing. It's exactly the kind of like garbage TV that I would have landed on and sat and stayed. Yeah. Um, and I enjoyed that Green Day documentary. I actually. would love to get into that. Yeah. Is that American Idiot? Is that middle period? That's where Green they Day? say they come out of it. They reinvent themselves with American Idiot. Yes. So they're talking about after Kerplunk, after Slappy Hours, they're talking about like actually beginning at the end of Dookie and yeah. then they're talking about um, Nimrod 
and uh, what else is in there? Warning. Yeah. And whatever other one. There's another one in there somewhere. Those don't need defending. Uh, they're great. They are great, but uh, it's interesting to hear these like old timers talk about it because yeah. they're like, uh, they actually have the Lookout Records guy on there quite a bit. Oh. Uh, and he's like, you know, early Green Day set my life in motion in a way. Yeah. And uh, he's like, I love those early records. And then in this middle period, I was kind of writing them off. And then, of course, American Idiot is a masterpiece, according to these people. So, uh, what? So they're talk. So everyone's talking about like, oh, this like lag in the middle, which are the records that when yeah. I was in high school were the major Green Day yeah. records. It just it, uh, it depends on when you were fifteen. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever Green Day record came out then totally. is the one that's best. Although, I was probably around that age when American Idiot came out. I've never heard all of Dookie. Oh, my brother had Kerplunk, and we listened to that thing over and over and over yeah. again, and then. Somehow I got my hands on a copy of Nimrod and I listened to that one over and over again. And that's it. I, that's I had kind of it. I had Nimrod and Dookie. Yeah. I listened to Dookie a lot. Yeah. I love how that record has become like, you know, so classic and people are like, oh, Dookie. They're saying <laughs> the word Dookie like it's with like like, a, like it's like a, a Steinbeck novel. <laughs> Dookie. Classic. That sounds Sergeant Pepper. Dookie. Dookie. <laughs> I never heard Dookie. <laughs> oh, it's good, man. I'll listen to it tonight. Yeah. I'll light a, some candles. Listen to Dookie. Uh, my son has... I was telling Jared this earlier. My son has gotten very into Sonic the Hedgehog music. And oh. including this morning, I woke up. I didn't have an alarm set this morning. And he was the first one up in the house. And I woke up to the sound of him just jamming Sonic the Hedgehog music from his Nintendo Switch oh. in the living room on this big speakers. Just like playing air guitar and jamming Sonic the Hedgehog music but more recent Hedgehog music so it's like pop punk synth pop interesting songs generic but very game everybody specific. likes the Sonic the Hedgehog music they heard when they were 10 years old but so <laughs> yeah. I say all this Emerald to say, Green Hill last music. night as he was playing these he's like dad check out this Sonic song and he was like DJing to us last night playing the Sonic songs he likes and singing along to them and playing air guitar and when he would do that, then I would say, oh, that makes me think you'll like this song or this song or whatever else, whatever else. So I'm, we're trading. And uh, he played one of the Sonic the Hedgehog tunes and I was like, oh, then you might like this one. So I played for him uh, San Dimas High School Football Rules by the Ataris. Oh. <laughs> and uh, he said, dad, this is like MXPX music. <laughs> so he's already on Was the Ataris from Indiana? Yeah. He already knows what's up. Yeah. I yeah, he can pick out music in a way that's impressive to me that I can't really do. You guys heard any music lately that you enjoyed? Yes. Okay, but answers that question. I'm really into that. Um, Blake Mills. We listened to the the new Blake Mills. Uh, and what's the guy's name? He put out like an instrumental record. That's really great. Listen to that. This morning, um, cool. Uh, that female species compilation. Oh my gosh, nu- Numero group? group has this. I saw an ad for that and it looked amazing. It yeah, it's not new amazing. music, but a new compilation that was released and it's so good. It's out now. Yes. Oh, cool. I Wait, is female species the name oh. of the the? Um, the name of the band is called Female Species. That's the name of the band. Okay, gotcha. But it's um, it's really just two songwriters. The A side is the band, which is like kind of like 60s, like girl group sound. 
and it's amazing. And then B side is kind of like the songwriters, they continue on and they kind of get pushed into different genres to kind of become more popular. They start writing in Nashville for different country musicians and they have these like amazing 80s country rock songs. Cool. Um, specifically this one called Chinchilla Hat that is like amazing. It's at the end of the record. It's so good. So yeah, we've been listening to that, the record, but I don't know if it's actually out yet. Um, I think it is now. It is? Cool. Okay. Cool. I actually have... I'm going to maybe pop into the record store tomorrow for the first time in a long time. And I have a short list and that is on it to, to look for that. I picked yeah. that. It's good. I picked up that numero 95 comp at the store the other day. Oh, cool. It was really good. Mm. You know what else I'm after tomorrow is that new, uh, speaking of compilations and archival releases, <laughs> I've gotten sucked into these, uh, his name is alive, uh, like tape dig compilations. Oh, okay. And they're great. I love them. Yeah. Very cool. That one's out as of yesterday. You know, another numero comp is really good. Is that uh, Whispers Lounge? I don't know that one. You guys heard that? No. No. Oh, it's really good. It's like, um, it's like a artist that you would, you know, hear in a uh, hotel lounge at the Holiday Inn in the 70s or 80s or whatever. Oh, that sounds great. Kind of like private press records they would sell at their Holiday Inn lounge shows or whatever. Yeah. That sort of deal. I... I got the uh, this record by this band Kiwi Junior. Oh, that's oh, yeah. a good name. Yeah, it's called the record's called Cooler Returns. Came out recently. I really think it's good. I'm trying to think of other records I bought. That Pop Zeus. Yeah, we played a Pop oh, Zeus yeah, song earlier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you guys know Mikey Hodges? No, but we, no. you know, I, I knew him from around yeah. being at shows and yeah. stuff yeah. when I first got here, but. Not personally. Yeah. That record's great. There's a Green Day connection there. Oh, that's right. <laughs> You're right. If yeah. we care to make it. No, that's good. Yeah, there was a photo of Mike Durnt wearing a Pop Zeus t-shirt <laughs> at yeah. some point on the internet. That, that guy, th- th- Mike Durnt, yeah. he always looks like he's like a wax figure. <laughs> <laughs> What's up with that? He's kind of got that greaser haircut. Yeah. And he always is just like really like... Has great posture. You know that was one thing that they briefly got into in that really in that documentary. Talked about not how he looks like a waxer, <laughs> but they did get into more than I was anticipating in talking about those Green Day middle period albums. Uh, they got into the dynamic of the band and the three personalities of those intense guys, mm. uh, and I found that kind of satisfying to to learn that stuff. And they were kind of saying about Mike Durnt is that he's just like. A really sweet guy who works very hard. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was the take on him, which I, which I was pleased to hear. He does have a nice face. He's, he just looks like a nice fellow. Yeah, he does. Yeah. I'd approach him to get directions. Yeah, me too. <laughs> a lounge in the Poconos located just inside a Holiday Inn, 1973. The smoky haze clears to reveal a middle-aged couple on a one-foot-high stage prattling on about the weather or Watergate before launching into a serviceable <laughs> cover of Burt Bacharach's Do You Know the Way to San Jose? Tens of thousands of such combos littered restaurants, cruise ships, casinos, lobbies, and cocktail bars throughout the 60s and 70s, but far fewer cut a record worth buying from the stage, much less listening to on the home hi-fi. Gathered here are 14 lounge originals from across the entire easy listening spectrum. 
a spent matchbook's worth of crooners, bossa nobodies, seafood jazzers, <laughs> and donkamatic enthusiasts, all in search of their ticket out of a red leather booth hell. That's uh, wow. that comp I was talking about. Yeah. That was really relaxing. Jared, have you ever considered doing ASMR videos? No, but I'm down. You got a great voice for it. And, but and I bet you have a lot of great material you could read from. Okay, I'll do it. He has done a segment on this show repeatedly where he reads old newspaper articles <laughs> yeah. about one particular restaurant that he likes. and uh, Oh yeah, the one accord. It's my favorite thing that's ever happened on this show. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's like my favorite thing ever. <laughs> you mentioned uh, you know what I you oh, mentioned sorry, Burt Bacharach there. Yeah, you guys keep up with Dionne Warwick on Twitter at all? I do. Oh, I saw her going off. On I gotta say, I don't follow her, but for whatever reason, I'm fed. She's new, right? New-ish, and I'm fed interactions because they're popular, and that's how Twitter works now. It doesn't really matter who you follow. Uh, yeah, it doesn't at all. It's kind of annoying, uh, but I am glad that I see her stuff on there because. I love not only the fact that she's like good at Twitter, but I love the way that she, when people are like, oh my gosh, Dionne Warwick's good at Twitter. She's just like, I'm the same way I've always been. This is just uh, a platform that suits me. Yeah. I really love how her attitude on there. It's great. It's kind of like Cher, but more, more self-aware. More self-aware. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yes, I, I'm really pleased when I see her like, just like, doing something genuinely funny or really I don't know it seems like she has a great handle on the medium like how it works and what works on it Hmm. and it's just like a fun thing to see someone do like that someone who's famous for another reason from long ago (laughs) yeah Shakey's Pizza is a pizza pizza chain restaurant based in the United States founded in 1954 it was the first franchise pizza chain in the United States In 1968, the chain had 342 locations. The chain had about 500 stores globally and 58 in the United States as of July 2019. Shakey's Pizza was founded in Sacramento, California on April 30, 1954 by Sherwood Shakey Johnson and Ed Plummer. Johnson's nickname resulted from nerve damage following a bout of malaria suffered during World War II. The parlor opened on a weekend, but since the pizza ovens were not yet completed, only beer was served. Shakey took the profits from beer sales and bought ingredients for pizza the following Monday. <laughs> Shakey personally played Dixieland Jazz Piano to entertain patrons, also hiring oh. the original members of the Silver Dollar Jazz Band, paying the musicians $10 each, plus all the beer and pizza they wanted. Shakey soon realized it was cheaper to pay the musicians scale. This brought the music of Lou Waters to the Sacramento area and caused a local sensation. Jazz historian K.O. Eklund has given this band the credit for the jazz revival in Sacramento that extended to the formation of the Sacramento Traditional Jazz Society. Shakey's also became known outside Sacramento, not for its pizza, but for the jazz program it sponsored on a regional radio network. Shaky Johnson is honored in the American Banjo Museum in Oklahoma City for his longtime use of banjo music at his pizza parlors. Other live music, including piano, was also also a staple in the old Shaky's parlors. Now, the original parlor, a remodeled grocery store at 57th and J Streets in Sacramento, remained in business until the mid-1990s. The second Shaky's Pizza Parlor opened in Portland in 1956. Shaky's opened 
their third parlor in Albany, Oregon in 1959, which was the first building Shakey's actually owned and the first building to be built in the district in the distinct building style for which Shakey's is known. It now operates as a used bookstore. According to Johnson, Shakey's Pizza engaged in a little market research and made most of its decisions on where to locate stores by going where Kenny's Shoes opened their stores. I have never experienced a, um, a local sensation. It'd be great <laughs> yeah. to... I don't think I've ever experienced that here. Not like that, but caused it caused a local sensation. I thought the same thing when he was reading. Can that. you think of it? Something's happened in Bloomington that's caused a local sensation. Well, that's jazz related. When Ben was doing call and response, that felt a little bit like that's the place to be. Yeah, that is yeah. the place to go. You go down there. You don't even know what's happening. Just gonna go to that. Yeah, I guess a Wikipedia writer making Ben's. Wikipedia page could put <laughs> cause the local sensation. I, I mean, that's a little hyper small scale. I mean, I, I feel like you can't really get one in a town this size. Yeah, shoot. But that, you should that's try close. to get yeah. one going. I'm for it. Yeah. yeah. As of early 2015, there were 153 Shakey's outlets in the Philippines, more than double the number remaining in the United States, and most of those were in California. Anyway, that's some information I found last week on the Shakey's uh, Wikipedia page. Wow. That's cool. Good to know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't recall anything you just said. <laughs> <laughs> I like that they based their... The only uh, thing I remember is that they, they, they called Shakey's because that guy had nerve damage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that and was, they, they based their market research on where to open new Shakey's locations on where new Kinney's shoes store... Shoe, Kinney's shoes stores opened up. That, yeah. If there was a Kinney's that opened up, that's where they would build a Shakey's. It's coming back to me funny. now a little bit of it. Why did he spend money? I mean, he had to buy the beer. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't he just buy the ingredients? That's the whole, yeah. It was already called. They used, shit. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Seems he like he did it right to me. The whole ing- yeah, that. I wouldn't have thought of that, but that does seem like a. That's a bait and switch. Like, yeah. yeah. It's a pizza shop. And then you get Shrewd. There, like, um, yeah, you guys beer. may already know this, but um, in the Muncie documentary series, Middletown, which came out in 1981 or so. One of the episodes, Family Business, is about a local family running a Shakey's Pizza franchise in Muncie. Yeah. Mm. It's very good. Yeah, I've seen that. Well, <laughs> hey, I had an idea for the for the second hour of the show, guys. Well, we're not there yet. We're still. Uh, I know. Firmly in the first hour. I just wanted to see. But if we could spend the whole first hour coming up with <laughs> some. How we're gonna manage this? Yeah, we gotta come up something for the. This is a show about coming up with things to do in the second hour. I like that. How much time is left in this hour, Mike? We have about uh, twenty minutes exactly. I gotta say, I was listening to the radio station this show is on. Yeah. uh, This week when we were doing errands, and it was on, and some people were talking, and I thought, "What is this? (laughs) What's this for?" And I switched to chill, and I'm thinking about this right now. Kind of hey, if you're listening right thing. now, that is not an option. That's not yeah, what this is. That's not allowed. We've got something to say. What were they talking about? I'd rather well, not say. say. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather not say. You know, that's the deal with terrestrial radio. Yeah, sometimes it's, it's for, for you, everybody. Sometimes it's for somebody it's, else. I appreciate that about it. I've been putting on the radio more than I ever have in the past. Really? Lately. I don't know why. Yeah, it feels good. I, I, I mean, sometimes I get actual information. 
yeah that is valuable local information that i never cared about before that's it's valuable now you know talking about different things yeah i yeah i think it's easy to take for granted speaking of wfhb which we're on currently yeah that's the radio station i tune into uh local political coverage yeah on a local radio station is something that's easy to take for granted but really is valuable yeah yeah totally Full disclosure, I work on a local government roundup show every week that's in conjunction with our own WFHB here. I don't work for WFHB at all, <laughs> but that's a nice connection there. Yeah. So I got a, I get a sneak peek into the weekly government news every week. Mm. It's called Cats Week. You can find it at catstv.net. Streaming archive available on the internet. Not Cat, only can cats you, week. Not you only mean, you can, mean like kitty cats. Me. No, not kitty cats. Oh, it's an acronym. Or it's something. an acronym for Community Access Television Services right here in lovely Monroe County. You mean B Cat? It used to be called B Cat, but oh. not anymore because we serve the entire county, not just Bloomington. That's great. Yeah, so it's called cats. You know what the best infusing? You know what the best vitamin is for a cat? Uh, B1. <laughs> if you if you want to be a cat. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> Is that a joke? <laughs> Hardly. <laughs> Hardly. <laughs> I, saw, I saw a sign in a church once that says the best vitamin for a Christian is B1. Oh. B1. Uh-huh. I mean, oh yeah, like why would you want to be a cat? <laughs> I <know>. <laughs> <laughs> it would be nice. Just be know. a cat. Maybe. You'd have a lot less worries if you were the right kind of cat. If you were pampered eating cat fancy now if you're one of these feral street cats that seems like a stressful life yeah i uh yeah. i dug a cat grave this week oh, oh yeah so sorry about our that. cat so our sorry. uh i wouldn't say our cat it's it's more of my wife's cat mm. uh than mine i you know but anyway i wondered i don't you know we don't on. have to talk about that if you don't want to you oh. brought you did bring it up uh <laughs> I, I was waiting until you brought it up <laughs> digging a yeah. I, well that's what i was gonna ask because i <laughs> yeah, saw yeah. The information come down the, the yeah. internet tubes, uh, and I knew that there was some health issues with the cat anyway. Yeah, uh, but I wondered how you managed, how you took care of that aspect of it. I, I, yeah, uh, a quick Google search <laughs> is what I did. There are cats buried in my backyard. Yeah, yeah. Just so you know, um, spooky. Luckily, um, well, I don't know if luckily is the right word. Uh, we were both home. It was my day off. Oh yeah. And uh, Annie was uh, sick on Monday. Oh, I don't know if this is a HIPAA violation. <laughs> uh, just a little stomach bug. No COVID. But because of that, she had to take a COVID test and wait for the results. So yeah. she was at home when he did pass on. So oh, he passed naturally in your house. He wasn't. Yeah, like we were. We like saw it literally happen. Whoa, like his really? final wow. breath. Yeah. Wow. It was. It was Man. Uh, yeah. Well, that's that's heavy. Yeah. Was right. he Wow. He so he had been I'm 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 feeling a little constrained by the radio. I want to actually just talk to you about this. But oh, I yeah. kind of feel like we can't. I don't know what I should say. In he so he he had been like having trouble breathing. Okay. Like he just looked like he was, you yeah. know, and like his stomach looked weird and he was breathing in and hadn't been eating very well. So she went to an emergency vet, an emergency vet which took uh 8 hours. <laughs> oh. Yeah, she told me that. She story. got she got there right after she left work. In the middle of the night, right? She well, she left work at the end of her work day, drove to Indy, and didn't get home till 
so you got there like 4.30 and get, didn't get home until 2.30 in the morning just because they, they were busy and, you know. But there, they were just like, yeah, hey, he's moon. fine. Just maybe change his food. Uh, oh. But, you know. And then so she, she made an uh, appointment to see the vet here in town on Thursday. But, uh, yeah, Wednesday, he just, uh, he was like laying like flat on the ground, like to help his like breathing be a little easier. At one point, he like had his chin resting on his water dish, I think, to help mm. like you know the airflow or whatever um yeah and then he she just kind of heard a loud meow and went in he was on his well i don't want to get oh. into it but you know he was just kind of on the side and he was he was passing on oh. to this uh to the other world that feels horrible and lucky yeah yeah exactly yeah so yeah I, I i googled how to bury a cat and Dug a grave. Wow. Yeah. What? Uh, technically speaking, if you're, if it's not too emotionally uh, painful, uh, what, what were the, what did you learn technically about digging an animal's grave in the yard? Oh, not much. I, I mean, you mean from the internet? Yeah. What was the advice? Oh, it said just make sure it's like you know, a good three feet down and uh, get it in a, uh, you uh, make sure that it's. Um, uh, sealed uh like a put in a bag that's yeah. like sealed yeah you know uh uh ba- basically making sure that n- no other animal's gonna go digging at a mm-hmm. you know newly dug pe- uh, piece of dirt you know yeah so yeah just, just dug her deep and uh put some weeds some like big bricks like rocks <sighs> open on top of it mm-hmm. wow yeah I don't anyway think I, I don't think i could do it <laughs> do what dig a grave yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, Too it was painful. I'm very close to my cats. Yeah, not that you weren't. I wasn't. You kind of weren't. Okay. <laughs> uh, I you, mean, you that, didn't care at all. I, I was. I was. I. It was. It was sad. It was a sweet cat, but I. It was. It was. It was Annie's cat yeah. from before. Yeah. Our uh, well, full disclosure to the listener. <laughs> I also lived with Jared. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so I know this cat. Yeah, he was a good guy. He was. Yeah. 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 I mean, he he would uh, pee on my stuff. Hey, don't disrespect. Up until his dying day, he would pee on my stuff all the time. <laughs> For 10 years. But, you know. No, he was a sweet cat. Never had a cat pee on anything of mine. I don't know if I could deal with that either. Our cat, for a while, our cat was peeing in the house in, in convenient places that were not a litter box. But we got the problem solved and it's all good. But thankfully, she didn't pee on my things. Oh, so that would good. be bad news. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I may have told you guys this story, so stop me if you've heard this one. But when I was, a well, well, what's the listener going to do if, they, <laughs> if they're one of these poor people this, who has heard yeah, the story? Million times. So this is what, it. like Aaron was saying earlier, it's like if this story's not for you, d- can we, can we think can about we, turning the dial? But ins- don't actually yeah. do. Can it. we install Same. a gong, like the Gong Show? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you guys remember the Gong Show or know about? Yeah. yeah, that's good. I feel like I've maybe heard all your stories. Every story I've ever told, and more than one time, probably, and you could probably tell them yourself. And have yes, yeah, excellent. That's, that's but I enjoy them; they change I, over time. You're yeah. a very good storyteller. Yeah, you are. So that's regardless if I've heard it. Oh, especially on to tour, I'll let you go because I'm like, <laughs> it's like watching something again, you know, because you enjoy it. Yeah, you're really good at that. Well, thank you. I appreciate those kind words. That to me feels like a blessing and a curse because I don't particularly oh, want to be someone who just says the same things over and over again. But my whole family does it. Like yeah. extensively, yeah. my entire extended family it's a ritual. just says the same things yeah. over and over and over again. And oh, I, I don't mind when they do it. So. You add to them. 
<laughs> embellish. With, no, no, no. I mean, there's new ones that come. It's not. Oh like yeah, yeah. Always. <laughs> It's not the one tale that I tell over. All that being said. It's not like war stories. No. Go ahead. Uh, So (laughs) when I was a kid, uh, the last summer that my brother and I had babysitters, these very weird people moved in next door to us. What I wish I knew is in hindsight, I was a child. I wish I knew how weird these people actually were. Because in my memory, they are so weird. In my current life, I'm probably as weird as they were to my rural Indiana family Uh, at that time. They were just different. They were different, but they moved into Claypool, Indiana, right next door to us. Young family. He was a veteran. I forget what branch. Uh, But they were, we got along with them. They were nice. They were fine. But strange, weird people. My mom hired the mother, Julie, uh, to be our babysitter. And, uh, this is of many stories in one, <laughs> but uh, the reason that it was our last summer having a babysitter is because um, my brother and I were there one time in the summer, and they said, "All right, kids, it's l-. they had two daughters." So it was like, "Okay, kids, it's lunchtime," so we all gather around the table, and Julie, the mother, said, "I made Dan, the husband, I made his favorite lunch that his grandma used to make for him, and I made it for you kids to eat." And these girls love it, and you boys in it from next door are going to love it too. Here they are, cream cheese and olive sandwiches on white bread. Oh. And my brother and I were like, what <laughs> is this? That's wild. Uh, and they were like, the little girls were over the moon. They couldn't believe how excited they were to eat these cream cheese and olive sandwiches. And I was like trying not to gag at the table, you know. I still don't like olives, but especially when I was... I hate them. Ten years old, I did not want them. And I might have even been a little younger than that. No, I was probably ten. But uh, anyway, my brother and I took a bite, and it was like, we're full, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Uh, And then we went outside to play. We live next door. We successfully broke into our own house and made lunch for ourselves. Oh, funny. uh, Out of our food in the freezer. And that's when my mom was like, I guess you guys don't really need a babysitter anymore. I've heard this one before. (laughs) But, okay. But anyway, the point is, oh, you need, yeah. Yeah. Uh, We had a cat called Fluffy. And Fluffy had some kittens in the garage that we didn't know about. She had some we did know about but then she had some other kittens that we didn't know about, and they were living in the rafters in our garage. Feral kittens. Wow. Uh, and the reason we found out about them is because twice, totally unaware, my mom backed over two of the feral kittens as she was leaving for work in the mornings. So on the floor of the garage, there'd be all of a sudden this little dead kitten, and my mom's like, what? Because they were probably sleeping in the wheel well of the car so that happened twice and I don't remember if it was the first or second time my mom's like I have to go to work I don't have time to manage this right now and I'm just standing out there with my hands in my pockets like wow what a wreck so my mom calls Dan (laughs) next door the weird guy Dan and Dan comes over and my mom's like I have to go can you guys take care of this Dan was like no problem of course so my mom leaves and it's just me and Dan standing in my garage looking at this mess on the floor. And uh, he's like, well, what should we do? 
And I was like, I'm 10. And I'm like, what do you mean? What should we do? Uh, my mom wants you to take care of this dead carcass. <laughs> and he's like, I don't really know what to do. So I get a snow shovel and I scoop the dead cat into a wheelbarrow. We take it around to the backyard and I'm like, let's do it right here. And I point to him and he digs a small hole and then I put the cat in it and basically I'm managing this adult man <laughs> on how to deal with a dead cat. And that was the first time I ever buried a cat. <laughs> All right. So that's that. And there you have it. That's that. Yeah. wonder what happened to those people. I have no idea. I don't remember their last name. Anyway. I wonder if I could Google their first names plus cream cheese and olive sandwich <laughs> and if anything would come up. Probably. You should put their... Well, find out their full names, put it in the episode description for this, and then when they Google <laughs> themselves, they'll hear the story about themselves and be like, that's our legacy. How I much bet, time we got in this hour, Mike? Ten minutes. I okay, bet my good. mom would remember their names. I'll ask her and see if I can dig them up on the net. We should get your mom on the phone sometime. I'd be fine. We could do that. She'd talk. Yeah. She'd probably have a lot of the same stories I have and could tell them in a little slightly different way than I do. Yeah, let's see if you've been uh, <laughs> embellishing them over well, the Well, you know, that actually might be a good story to ask my mom to tell. Because it... And we can get it. Yeah, get her version of it versus mine. Yeah. You want to know what my idea for the for for getting people on the show is? We record uh, on Clubhouse the next hour. Oh, you know the app Clubhouse. I'm yeah. Thanks to Anna, who's here. That's I right. I'm aware of the app, though I have not spent any time figuring out how to use it. I was thinking we go live on there in a Clubhouse room and see if anyone wants to talk to us on there. I'm all for that. I don't know how that works or what that exactly means, well, that, but I trust we'll, you. We'll, we'll try it out together on the, on the, on the next I hour. I would follow you, Jared, to the ends of the earth. <laughs> In Great. spite of uh, like knowing that that is against my better judgment, I would do it anyway. <laughs> no matter what. That's really sweet. <laughs> I would go to the... I'm so... I'm, I, I'm ready to go on a vacation. I'd go to the ends of the earth. Oh, anywhere, really. Vacation. I, I love go, to travel. I'd go anywhere if it was on the purpose of taking a break (laughs) (laughs) you guys are both working from home is that right yeah I was just talking to my wife friend of the show my wife uh, (laughs) this morning Uh, she's working from home and I was just saying what a different experience that is even though my experience is not some awesome thing I do go to my office to work and she's been cooped up in this house I was wondering about that with you guys when you were talking about new music you like are you mostly listening to the same music most of the time together? Oh, no. We we listen to music together in the mornings and when we cook dinner. Okay. We have plant records on weekends. But that we stuff I know is going. good. <laughs> You've vetted it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> during the day when we're both working in our offices, which are right next to each other, we usually have our AirPods in uh, headphones and we are listening yeah. to something separate. If it's something we know we both want to listen to, we'll put it up on the speakers, but... When Anna's gone, I, I listen to the hardcore music I like really <laughs> loud. <laughs> very loud. Um, yeah, but we, we listen to a lot of the same stuff, but there's also stuff that we know that each other doesn't prefer to listen yeah. to, so we listen independently. Anna doesn't love listening to black metal music. Mm. Is what I... Do you like black Anna, metal music? Anna, what do you like I that do. Aaron doesn't like? Musically. 
Go ahead. You feel like you <laughs> seems like you he's ready. He's locked and loaded. He's about to say Jason Mraz. <laughs> no, they're just like a kind of a. Well, I don't know. They overlap mostly. I'm thinking kind of like folk rock bands, sort oh, yeah. of of a certain type. I'm not. I don't love, but I would certainly listen to. Don't mind listening to it all. Yeah, I think it's more <laughs> podcasts and stuff that we maybe have. Oh sure. Um, Aaron's doing a lot of self-help. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like There's a I lot like, of stuff I listen to that I know you wouldn't like. Right. <laughs> like um, Desert Oracle. Oh, you're not a fan of Desert Oracle. I Not at oh, all. Oh, I understand. I, I could understand not being a fan. I'm almost well, so not a the, fan the biggest, Yeah. The biggest thing for me of like when we need to listen to things separately is sometimes... Is how how it can be perceived in the background. Like yeah. if I'm like really trying to focus on a project, and Tom Sharpling is <laughs> in the background, yeah. I love the best show, but I can't. It can't be yeah. background noise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And so there's just things like that where it's like I can hear this thing, but I'm not actively listening to it because I'm trying to focus on a thing. I don't. And play, that's where the breakdown happens. Yeah, I, I don't play podcasts. I like to listen to on a public speaker in front of my wife a lot of the time just because it's so dang embarrassing the stuff I listen to. Oh, and you're funny. listening to it at a weird speed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess so. I, I, it, a weird thing happens when you're um, like when I'm working on the computer doing something visual like working on art or something I can pay attention to something much much longer than my normal attention span usually allows me to. So I'll listen to like audiobooks and podcasts while I work and just like burn through them. It's awesome. Um, but we listen to quite a bit of music together mainly. Yeah. Uh, we're doing other stuff, so. But. I photograph a lot of music, a lot of records. Oh, yeah. Which is why we didn't know if that female species. Ah, of course. Box set was out yeah. because. Not box set. Compilation. Mm-hmm. Because I photographed it, so we have it. And so we're listening to a lot of that stuff together regularly. Mm hmm. Do you listen to what you're photographing while you're photographing it, usually? Um, yes, and once before. Oh, okay. So I listen to it first to see if that kind of informs colors or, you know, the vibe of the product or the still life. And Yeah, how, how for you personally, how does that... Let me see how much time we have before I ask a hard question. Like if she's going to... We have two if minutes. She's, if she's going to, like, <laughs> no, photograph it, we should take a break. Uh... And then I'll ask Anna this hard-hitting question when we come back. Yeah. Cool? Cool? Cool. Take it. Okay, this is Unspoken Request, episode 81. We'll be right back after this. We're back on the air! It's hour two of it. Hour two of episode 81 of Unspoken <laughs> Requests. Where am I? What is this? What's happening? It's hour two, it's of, hour two uh... of my life. It's hour two of my new life. Day three of my new life. That's an album by the emo band Knapsack, I think. Knapsack. <laughs> You're listening to Knapsack? They got some good songs. No. Is that their name here? Knapsack. I don't know. That's not even the I I got the album title wrong too. Anyway, we're back. It's episode 81. 81. Mm-hmm. 81 times. Remember 1981? I, I realized the other no, day. No, I was not alive. I was neither. <laughs> I was I made I I was five days away from 1981. There was a span like five six, days away from being alive. That's the name of Jared's emo <laughs> album. <laughs> yeah. 
there's a span of time like six months ago where I realized I watched like three movies in a row that all were made in 1981 spooky and I was like that's the kind of movie I like that is movie set in 1981 hmm. Freaks and Geeks 1981 I like that show I, I, I need think. to rewatch that it's been a while I mean it wasn't made then but you know I was just telling Jess uh, you said Freaks and Geeks which made me think of the Wonder Years I just told Jess retold to her probably for the thousandth time <laughs> uh, my origin story with the album Pet Sounds Thanks to the Wonder Years. Uh, before the break, I was about to ask Anna a hard-hitting journalistic-style question. And if everyone will indulge me, I'd like to do that now. Go ahead. Great. We were talking about Anna's profession as a photographer, which includes some product photography. And you were talking about music photography for albums. And I want to know for you personally how that breakdown works because you talked about listening to the record before and during the shoot. How do you make those decisions and what feels artistic to you about that between like, uh, oh, we need a product shot. Here's how you do a product shot. A, B, C, checklist. Versus, oh, how can I make this feel like the record? Versus uh, what specifically do I need to do artistically for this? Yeah, great question. And I think this answer could be applied to a lot of being a photographer and working with clients. This is like, how do you fulfill the client's expectations? How do you make it your own work? And where's that happy medium? Um, but for mu- for music product photography specifically, um, I photograph all of, or a lot of secretly groups releases among some other labels like Windspear and I've done some stuff for Asthmatic Kitty and others but mainly secretly group is feeding me a lot of stuff to photograph and a lot of the times I have the good fortune of knowing the artist or I've seen the artists play live a few times and that is always helpful because you kind of know them know their vibe um, sometimes the artwork I just love and I'm super into the colors of the art or the photo and I just connect with it and feel like all the stuff I have in my studio lends itself to working well with the album. Um, But I usually have a very tight turnaround time Um, because the records come in and then it's getting announced very soon. There's not often a big overlapping time. And so they'll drop it off and I will play it while I kind of open it up and read everything and look at what I'm working with. Um, There's often liner notes or, you know, notebooks or a t-shirt that comes with it and then think about the color and think about what environmental things I have at my studio that I could bring into it to add to the photo. I do have a shot list of like, we need A, B, and C for the website, but then they also want environmental photos and like fun photos that can be used online and things. So some releases get more than others just because I either connect to the music more or I have more stuff that works well with the release at my studio. Some are just like, I'm not really into this band or I don't love this artwork and I just like, don't. this doesn't feel like me and I can just like do the list and I get it done and it's delivered and they're happy with it. And then some, I can like spend all day photographing and have all these ideas for it and it's very fun. So. Not to put you on the spot, but can you think of a recent one that 
felt like you were really just firing with it. Yeah, there were two from the past year. I thought you were going to ask her about one she hated. I was going to say Mike. No, but I was going to say, I bet it's really awful when one of uh, the artworks that Aaron has designed comes down and you hate it and you hate the music and you just have to pull, it's like pulling your own teeth out. Absolutely. Um, That new (laughs) Cut Worms record Uh came out last year and... I listened to that for the first time and really loved it. I'm a fan, but this new record I think is very good. And then just the all the colors is I photograph all the different vinyl colors, so there's often like 4 to 8 depending on the release and who's releasing what and I loved all the colors, worked with stuff that I had. I just felt like I could spend a long time photographing it. Um, the Aaron Fraser record that just came out, mm-hmm. that was another one that I kind of got lost in. Um, Designed by a friend of the show, Perry Shell. Oh, I was yeah. Just say that. yeah, yeah. And that was also, I think, because I know Aaron and have seen Aaron perform so many times, and it just like felt like I was so happy for him. And I'm like, yeah. look at this thing he made, and I wanted to do a good job. And I just had a lot of stuff that lended to his vibe, and um, yeah, it was just fun. I thought that. Those photos you did for the Moses Sumney record were really That was nice. a very fun one. That one, there was just so much to work with. Like, cool. that release as a piece of artwork is just amazing, and every little detail is so thought out. And so, yeah, that's just so easy to get lost in when, you know, it's why we collect vinyl records, I think, in, in some capacities, because, like, each thing is this piece of artwork, and when it is really well done, it's fun to get lost in. I, that's how I feel about that female species record. Yeah. There's a real nice uh, booklet that tells a story behind the band, and you're listening to it and like reading. It feels like you're finding something like really in it, you know, yeah. as a physical yeah. item. Beyond just the aesthetic of having a record, it's like... yeah. This is a cool document, and it lives in my house. It's, yeah. It's nice. And there are some for a variety of reasons that are just very straightforward, and there's maybe not as much going on. And it's still easy to make a beautiful photo of it, but not as easy to get lost in, I guess. Yeah, that's cool that you can get lost in doing yeah. that. That's a neat thing. I like yeah. to uh, come to the studio when she's working on something and look through the you know, the design layout Yeah, just to see what Nate Utesh is up to. <laughs> And who doesn't get a whole lot of credit, I feel like, but I see him throughout all the releases, you know, his hand. Yeah. And it's so, I mean, does a really good job. He seems like he's always busy working on great stuff. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. We need to get Nate. Has he been on this show? Utesh? Yeah. Uh, I don't think he has. We need to get Nate on the show. We should get him on the show. That'd be wonderful. Uh, Anna, have you ever been hired professionally to shoot something that Aaron has designed? Yes. The Texas Sun release. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. Leon Bridges and yeah. Krugbin. I photographed that. That seems like a fun uh, overlap. Um, <laughs> yeah. A lot of... Yeah. A yeah. couple to come. Oh, cool. Some that are coming. But I guess I've photographed a lot of Aaron's work just for Aaron. Yeah. Yeah, maybe not for But, yeah, getting hired from someone else to photograph. I think Texas Sun 
That's the only one. Maybe the only one so far. It's yeah. funny to imagine someone paying Aaron to do some work that leaves your house and then they hire you to send it back yeah. to your house. There was, <laughs> um, Aaron was working on a tour poster for Whitney mm-hmm. when I was photographing the Whitney record in our house yeah. okay. as the environmental photos. Like she was taking photos of the records. I have like a, you know, vinyl like setup in my studio space. She was taking photos of the record spinning on my setup <laughs> while I was working on a tour poster for that band. Yeah. That was very funny. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So there's a few times like that when I'm working that happened recently with um, the Blessed release. We were both working on that at the same time. Um, yeah. And just like some photos and stuff like that. But yeah, there's been then, yeah, occasions where. We're working for the same band. Yeah. Uh, full disclosure, Anna did some great work for some keychains I I put out. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. That was nice. Those were nice. Those photos. were some of the best keychain photography I've ever seen. <laughs> to be honest, I honestly I can't I, think of any I, better. I came into her office and she was working on. I was like, wow, this looked really good. Like it was just I something. I mean, the keychains look great, but the photography is what really. It it looked great. Yeah. I mean, I wanted one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was I was impressed. Thank you. Anna, do you maintain a studio space downtown still? Yes. Cool. Yep. I saw you were getting some new neighbors. Oh, yes, yeah. Yes, I actually just came from there. Oh, cool. How is it? It's great. Griffey's, Should we say what it is? Yeah, let's Yeah, say. Griffey's Art Supply. Yeah. I was actually in a, <laughs> a meeting at my day job, uh, not working for WFHB in any way, <laughs> uh, but I recorded a governmental proceeding where the owner came and said, hey, I'm opening a new art supply shop in town. And that's how I learned about it months ago. And so I was excited to see them making waves. Are they open for business now? Yeah. Yes. Oh, great. Yeah, cool. he's, a, so, he's a good guy. Yeah. AJ O'Reilly's done amazing things with um, after Pygmalion's closed yeah. and just filling an immediate need in our community for a local art, art store. And so he is open. There's yet to be like a grand opening or yeah. mm-hmm. any sort of big advertising just since still encouraging people to stay home and stay safe but I've been yeah. very excited to take Asa in there because uh, he was a, a little too young to ever make it into pigs successfully and like yeah. be interested in what was going on in there so I'm glad that there's a physical space you know my son that's who I'm talking about he bought a skateboard recently with his own money that he had saved up and I was so excited to pop into Rhett that we had a local skate shop that was like, and I know the guys, so it was very comfortable and easy to go. I don't know anything about skateboarding, so it was great to pick their brains about how he can satisfy his urge to get in into it. Yeah. But I'm excited for the same reason about having a, another art store, art supply store, because that's just, it's like going to the record shop. It's good to be around the stuff you want to know about. I also think AJ seems to be wanting to run it in a way that's maybe a bit more relevant to, you know, a working artist right now. Cool. I don't know. It seems like a, it's like the ideal space. Great. You know? Yeah. I think it's going to be really cool. And it's open already? It's open. It's open. Cool. All right. And Kirkwood Avenue. I'd like to say we're not affiliated with or paid in any way by Griffey Art Supply, but I'm very excited to pop in there and check it out. I'm glad they're open. We're not paid by Culver's either, either but I talked about hey, that all the time when I it first to, opened. That was, I'm glad you said that because I wanted to start a new segment on the show. I need to write some intro music for it, but I kind of want to write a little intro uh, music bumper 
and we can say what's on the Culver's sign every time we record something. <laughs> That's a good idea. Do they have like a church sign? It's they like have a, a, a different stuff. Like a digital. So from what I understand, oh, yeah. I don't know that this is true, but I think that this is right. So if someone is listening and knows the truth, correct me if I'm wrong. But they have an electronic sign at Culver's. Can we hack it? They are within the city limits, and the city has strict sign ordinances about digital signage. Really? So I think Culver's opened and had their digital marquee going crazy, and then someone from the city came and said, Culver's, hello, open up. Uh, You can't have a, a marquee running, a digital sign marquee. It has to be still so many seconds before it changes. That's oh, why the comedy really? attic sign, for instance, say, yeah. doesn't scroll through all the upcoming attractions. Yeah. Uh, it's because of the ordinance. Really? And so now I this, didn't. It, I'm learning so much. Culver's just has a sign that says sometimes turtle <laughs> uh, in giant letters because uh, they have turtle ice cream available. <laughs> or uh, order online. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my favorites. With three exclamation marks because they want to make the use most What was editor. it today when you came by? <laughs> I didn't look. I was uh, 10 and 2 looking straight ahead. Or 9 and 3 now, I guess. 9 and 3? They changed it. That is a good... Did they really? I, nine I heard three. that it got changed. 9 and 3. No, do you, ha- you don't have the same amount of control as you do with 10 I was and in two. A, a webinar training last week and the presenter mentioned that. Wow. No, it wasn't part of the training, but she was just talking about... I, you know, ten and two. Actually, it's nine and three now. Interesting. Yeah. Pretty soon, it's going to be no hands on the wheel at all. Self-driving cars, electronic ones. Ten and two is better than nine and three. I agree. That's what I thought. That's the way I learned it. That's the way it ought to be. <laughs> <laughs> hey, was it, I'm going to try this thing where uh, I make a clubhouse room and oh. we see if anyone wants to talk to us. Can on we hear the, them? On the that's the that's what we're going to that's Has what we're going to test out. Has the technology been figured out? So it's the same technology theoretically that it would be if we were to call someone on my phone. Oh. It'll work. It'll all, it all go work. through this mixer and then into our headphones yeah. and then our microphones will go into this. Cool. Uh, but, you know, who knows if anyone will see this or if it will actually work. That's why we're going to oh, test I it just got... live on the air. Well, so I was going to say, if, is... if we all join the room... Oh. Yeah, that's Sorry. the problem. This is the first time I've ever gotten... I left it. A but notification from okay. we If we were all to join, oh, then it all would... of our followers would get... Can you join it and just Mike, turn... Jared, Ann, and Aaron are all hanging out in Great. the Great. I'm going to do that as well. Oh, I also got my first ever notification just now. Yeah. Wowie. Check it out. Okay, I'm going to join, but just keep my volume down and then... People... Wait, who's... who's... How do I is do anybody, this? Is anybody know a Christopher? Hey, that's my dad. <laughs> all right. Chris, are you in here? Oh, something's going wrong for me here. Well, we have oh, wait. to... <laughs> is he in? <laughs> My dad is in the room. Uh, Chris, we're on a he, podcast he, right now. He theoretically can hear us. Join us. I'm going to invite Mike to speak. No, you don't need to invite me to speak. I guess that's true. Everyone can hear me already. Would would your dad know that you're... Yeah, because you're in there. Yes. Yeah, so. All right, I invited him to speak, so we'll see. Well, this will be a good test to see oh, if this sure. technology works. You know, he's a fan of Tan Van Tortock. Christopher likes, uh, Teeter, are you, are you here? Christopher Teeter is in the house. Oh wow! <laughs> All right, this works. Hi, Dad. I got I got a notification. This was going on. I just I'm I am a uh, a uh, um <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a clubhouse virgin. Oh uh, wow! Yeah, we basically, basically are too. Are too. Oh, I've had but uh, one or two lessons from Anna, but uh, 
I will I will bag out of here. Just uh, I I think it's fun that. So I got a notification because Anna was in it, I guess. Yes. Uh, oh, I'll see how she uses it, but obviously this is more I've participated in. Did, did yeah, you just hear the did you just hear the car drive by? We're recording in an open garage right now. Gotcha. Just just one more thought. I am I am totally into this. I'm listening into like uh, Horowitz and Andreessen. Um, Andreessen Horowitz talk about blockchains. It's unbelievable oh, the education oh, you can get on your morning walk by just listening to these guys. They go to work and they, they start chatting blockchains. I need and to find out about these blockchains. blockchains. And and thousands of people are listening in to their just chat about about these things. And so I wonder how much of it's scripted to draw you to Anderson, Andreessen Horowitz, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Mark Andreessen, the guy that brought you the, uh, um, um, the internet, right? He was, uh, um, Mosaic, which became Netscape, which became World Wide Web, you know, Navigator. Oh, sure. sure. Over and out. (laughs) I I will leave not quietly. Well, well, Dad, you should uh, stay in the room and listen if you want. Now, now there's a little bit of an echo. Is that because we're both in this room, Anna? Are you on it, on on your phone in front of you? Yes. That's probably what's happening. Yes, something's going wrong. (laughs) I don't want to talk because it's reverberating through my headphones. Now, Jared, if you mute it like that, I think people can't hear us. Right. Oh, did it's that gone. solve it? It's I, I muted. Now oh, Anna's muted. That might do it. it was Anna. Yeah. Okay, and now, and now Christopher, can you still hear Anna? Well, he's not, on, he's not he's in it anymore. Okay. Yeah, I think we're good now. Yeah, I think okay. we're totally oh, good now. Oh. Okay. Hey. Um, <laughs> I mean, good as in... Uh, <laughs> It is. It, the technology it, worked. Just yeah. Just <laughs> not that. It's so Anna's disclosure. That Anna, was my father-in-law. Very nice. Yeah. So mm. he he came in because Anna joined the room. Yes. And he was notified because he's friends with her on the app. It's pretty. I like how random it kind of feels. You know, the only time we've ever done it was with uh, Sean, and and it was just me, Anna, and Sean. Jerry, can talking. you invite me again, and I'll do the same thing Anna has done and mute the thing. And, and then, then your friends can see. My yeah. Friends. So I think as long as. That so way you're in the room, people can see that you're here, but they, we don't get that echo. Exactly. Right. So I'm going to invite Mike to speak. You don't then get this mute. from other programs. No. This is we're teaching tech. you how to use the hot new apps. Yeah. We're like, uh, we're <laughs> like this the is, wa- oh, mute. We got echo. How do I do it? Bottom right corner. Boom, baby. <laughs> All right. Can, but can, Thanks, Anna. Can people who jump in hear us now? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, great. We're all, uh, That's the, the four whole thing. of us are all going through Jared's. Ah. Uh, platform. We should just do this show like this all the time. <laughs> I think we should do every show like this all yeah, the time. Yeah, leave now. it up. If, somebody, if someone has yeah. something they want to respond yeah, to, we can. They can raise their hand. We don't have to let them on. If so, we since this is our first attempt, and I don't know how, what I'm going to have to start figuring out how to use Clubhouse, this new app that we're advertising. <laughs> um, I would. How do people find us on here to know when unspoken request is live on Clubhouse? They got to follow you as now. Now you can't have like a a podcast. Profile. If you changed your name from Jared Cheek to, to unspoken, unspoken requests, requests, yeah, that's maybe the way to go. That's like a hack, man. It's a life hack. That's awesome. Yeah, it's cool. Um, <laughs> this could be yeah. really awesome. Well, <laughs> it, it, it's a thing where it holds you in suspense, though, because 
until someone jumps in, it's yeah. Well, yeah, we'll just go but about like normally do. Yeah. We we talking could, about burying cats. But, and but next time we could we could you know put a in the uh, room name we could put a, a topic like oh yeah good yeah. talk about you know burying your cat or learning a new app. You can also schedule a room. That's oh right. yeah, that's Schem- that's what we were saying. We could yeah. schedule a guest to be on there with us at a certain time, and then yeah. their friends could join in if they want to talk. I think but we should even, let- even to all your followers, you could say you could create a room that's happening Sunday night. Yeah. Oh, and they okay. get a thing saying, Hey, Sunday night, you can pop in. That and way they can join. clear their schedule and be ready yeah. for it. Yeah. We should have gone further with your father on blockchain and made this a blockchain. <laughs> I would have liked to if it wasn't for that echo, I, but now that we've solved it, we could I, I know. Yeah. Uh, hey, we'll, we'll get, get back on. We'll schedule a room with him to talk about blockchain. Blockchain is one of those hilarious, uh, you know, like non-fungible tokens. It's things that I, uh, words I know, yeah, I don't but they have no meaning attached I, to I them. Kept, my, I kept responding to people and just being like, I don't know anything beyond about NFT beyond, <laughs> I, I, like you asking me to do an NFT means nothing to me right yeah. now. Uh, for a while, it was like a weird foreign thing. Do you know now? So I was going to ask: Have you been? Yeah, I know now. Uh, have you been approached to do like NFTs of your artwork? Yes. Wow. Okay. Tell me about this because I don't know anything. <laughs> I mean, it's. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> you have to get an invite from like. So it's like joining Clubhouse. I kind <laughs> of yeah yeah, but you have to get an invite from like one of the. Uh, Platforms that provide Ethereum, yeah. no, um, and they run on like a token, rareable, and yeah, and you people bid on your thing that you make, and and it and it takes the amount of energy to drive from here to New York to mint it, or something like that. I've heard it takes a lot of energy to digitally mint an NFT. Yeah. I don't understand. There's but a, it's just a, a digital well, thing. Like to there's digitally it, so, mint yeah. an NFT. Right. So, so you can own... Sorry, go ahead. You know more than it's, me. It's just... It's, it's, it pretty much puts a digital watermark on your piece of artwork to authenticate it as the version that is from the maker to whoever owns that. So in the blockchain, there's a specific barcode, essentially, like a like UPC for your artwork that is never ever going to change in order to do that like mining for for Bitcoin it's kind of the same idea a lot of energy is expended in order to produce that place in line in like a digital line that this is this is how I understand it I could be wrong I think I first under uh, first heard about it as being a, a thing where it's like one of one but like so like let's say you make a piece of artwork mm-hmm. could there be 50 yeah. nfts of it yes okay not just one 50 authenticated but it I depends decided, on how many you decide to yeah. authenticate right okay right yeah i like conceptually i think i understand but talking about this feels like talking about my insurance coverage or talking about the stock market or the housing crisis of 2008 where it's just like my brain goes completely numb and shrivels down to a raisin uh, and the words just wash over me. It's a weird feeling. Yeah. Like I get your stamping's a digital thing with yeah. a with a watermark. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. But beyond that, why like that people are interested in trading them or that there's a market for them baffles me 
I get that because there's money to be made, people are interested in that. That makes sense, but I just can't. It doesn't feel very utilitarian to me yet. It does feel like a money game. Well, um, I've seen some of those guys driving Ferraris because they own the Pokemon, the digital Homer Simpson image or whatever, you know? Yeah. Like, I've seen some of that stuff, but I don't quite get it or know why I... Why yeah, it's kind of monetizing meme culture yeah. in a way. It's, uh, we'll see. It, it does... It, it, I don't know. It feels early on and I don't care. That's I what I... I care. think that's what I'm trying to say is like I can't understand why someone cares when I don't even care even a little bit. Yeah, it's it's in the in the design world, in the art world, it's... There's definitely like a faction of people who are interested in it yeah. in a way that's like... Because you make money every time someone buys and sells it on the eBay version yeah. of this for, for sort of thing you get, a, you get a cut of this so it's like say you sold an old uh, trading card on eBay one time or this is a bad example but every time it's sold in the future you still get a cut of it if you're the person who minted, made, it. minted it yeah mm-hmm. anyway yeah wild stuff it just feels like like I said being an idiot myself uh, I'm sure that I'm not fully grasping the implications, but it feels like a phony market. Not that it's phony, but it feels like a lot of people rushing to a market. That's what it is. That is like that's happening. And it's kind of headed up by Elon Musk, which kind of gives me a bad feeling. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't say that's what it is, but that is what's happening. So it's easy to have like a weird perspective on it. But um, I don't know. I think ascribing di- value to digital things that get shared is a good thing yeah I don't know I don't understand maybe and you probably do why does it take so much energy to do something uh, digitally like this like you know what I mean I'm not sure the only thing I can say is that it's it's an analog to mining Bitcoin which I know takes like a lot of servers and power and I'm assuming to get everyone yeah okay the same problem um yeah. Because everyone on these computers all over the world has to like agree yeah. to it being. I think you have legit. to use a network of computers oh, okay. doing like running something. I bet Anna's dad could explain all this. <laughs> oh, if he's still <laughs> listening, the blockchain. I actually kind of hope he's not listening right now because I know he's not I know he knows <laughs> everything about this. He said he had to go, but he he would be a great person yeah. to talk to yeah. about all this. Yeah, he's into it, and he has good objective perspective of these. He things. seems yeah. He seems just he's kind of interesting. Whenever I talk to him about that stuff, it's always just like he's uh he's genuinely intrigued by it. I think yeah, yeah. and he participates in it to just learn about it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think for me that's part of the disconnect is that I could not do that. I could not participate in it to learn about it. I I kind of maybe something else I could. Maybe there are things in my life like that, but this is not one of them. Yeah, it's yeah. I don't know. And I, and I can more easily point to other things that are not. I, <laughs> I know some designers who've made like twenty thousand dollars yeah. from a piece that they've like put up. Yeah. Oh, so you have known actual people? I've known actual that, people. Like not just yeah. yeah. Maybe this is something that isn't figured out yet. But how does it work then? If you are the owner of an artwork, but it's artwork that has the name of someone else on it. How does that ownership work out? Yeah, I have no idea. That's, that's I, that I, was my question too. I, it's I like could, I couldn't. Yeah. Just from a perspective of like, 
Like when someone asks me for a print of a poster from a band, I can't be like, I'm gonna re, I'm gonna make another hundred of these yeah. posters because it's to me that's wrong. It's not yours because exactly. you're taking the name of the band. The, the the band's name on it adds value to it. So it's like I can't, I can't just steal that from the band. And in the same way, I couldn't mint. I mean, and in, in, this is not to say I legally couldn't. I legally could. Yeah. But I don't think it would be right to make money from recognition of something else. I saw a band that I'm a fan of uh, this week on the internet. They didn't have any... All their short... Their limited run releases were all sold out. But they had a t-shirt for sale. And they do covers, which is already, uh, you know, gray area, perhaps, in terms of marketing. But the t-shirt they had (laughs) said the name of the band had an image of another artist's face and then had the name of that artist underneath the image. (laughs) And it was, it made me feel a little strange in this exact way that we're talking about right now. Because it was like, it made sense in terms of this group does covers and they did covers of this artist. And so now you got to let people know that. Yeah. But this t-shirt was very but you, weird. But the yeah, you're you're, you're adding value to this shirt uh, <laughs> for something that you yeah. Yeah. it is not you. Yeah. But it was also a drawing of the artist. So uh, who knows who drew that? Right. So then yeah. that person's involved as well. It was interesting. It was an interesting little little uh, little ball of yarn. Yeah. Yeah. Have you run into things like that, Aaron? Uh, you talked about printing posters. Have you gotten into some, not good or bad, but complex situations of that kind of thing where different people own different aspects of what you're dealing in at all? Have you had to manage anything like that? Yeah, a little bit. Um, it's never been a big issue. I just, there's always like people using the designs to sell stuff. Um, that I have to email. Do you have an attorney? I don't, but my agency does. Yeah. So that makes sense. I've never had to do that though. Mm-hmm. Well, that's actually not true. I had to do it one time, but it was no big deal and it got resolved. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It is tricky. It's so tricky. Yeah. Cause Just even when you're making art and you're like, I mean, like I can't be too hard on anything else. Cause when I make art, it's like, I, I have inspired, inspiration yeah. that comes through and sometimes you see it and it's like I kind of ripped this person off have, you ever, have you ever used something like specifically like the shape of something or uh, like a fr- like something for a frame of reference that you've turned into something com- entirely new but in in a way like that I mean I do that musically yeah all the time I, yeah. I wouldn't say I do I, I always even if I'm mimicking something I build it on my own mm-hmm. even if it is like ends up kind of looking just like it. Yeah. I'm, I'm still, it's, I'm, I never like copy and paste. Anything. Yeah. Like literally, oh, I guess I was thinking paste. more like, uh, and I don't know exactly what your methods are for any of the work you do yeah. entirely, but, uh, I'm just thinking about making things digitally. Like, well, okay. You made an image of my face one time for a poster. Oh yeah. And I'm assuming that you traced it or Something, yeah, and I didn't know if you have done that with other things that you oh, yeah. have turned into something entirely different. Yeah, when but it's like an image-based thing that has to be like a specific person or something, you just can't. Well, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah, in that case, I actually just finished something that was that. I mean, it was like a reimagining of a piece of artwork uh, 
that I essentially was tracing, and it's like, well, I yeah. didn't make this. It was a, it was a painting of a photograph of the artist oh. that I was then <laughs> drawing again. Wow. Uh, yeah, it, it was interesting. So it's like, who? I was kind of thinking, like, when I go to share this, who gets credit for this? Like, yeah. There's a whole line of people. Um, I love and also am annoyed by that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I love it because it's cool to see things evolve like that. But then when you have to deal with complex things when you want to do something simple like share. <laughs> yeah. That can get tough to do. Yeah. There's a spirit to it that is important yeah. that you can't really like put a finger on. But yeah. sometimes you see stuff and it's like, yeah, okay. They took this thing, but they made it into something. Yeah. They used it as a tool. And then sometimes it's just like, oh, you're just you're just screenshotting my work well that's selling like the, it on the internet yeah like that, that's like the classic argument around like sample based music yeah you know sure. that age old thing which I love that discussion I really love it sure uh, yeah that's cool I think a bummer thing though is like sample based music when people are exposed to artists for the first time in a way that is taken credit for by like you know like a song has a sample and then there's a song on top of it and then people are really into that song and then it's like later on they hear the song like this has happened to me so the real times. song yeah. or the original song the original song and it's like oh well that's what makes that song good was like that yeah. little like thing and then i found the original thing it's like that's a shame i wish i would have found this in its original context and not in this reproduced manner see uh, i even find down to my own experience and taste and that exact thing you're talking about for me I can go either way even on that where it's like wow they recontextualized this thing and now I've been introduced to the original and I love that too uh, or like oh they okay. ruined the original well, by doing this to it and now I don't like either one the, or whatever you the know the problem is is that sample based stuff I think that they miss a really good opportunity to be creative in a surprising way mm -hmm. like I think when your instinct is to sample some music you should just try to re recreate that music using your own limitations and like be heavily inspired by it but then try it and then you always end up doing something else that's way more unique anyway so it's like it just seems like well, why didn't like you just go the extra step to like make the sample yourself in the in the in the style of you know x but yeah when it's just you, you take the thing that's good it's like well. yeah but then i was watching the i actually texted you i think but i was watching the that wu-tang documentary series yeah and i loved seeing that like early photographs and footage of them working on stuff where it's like all they had they're in a densely packed public housing building and all they have is a sampler and a tape deck yeah. and it's like that they could build a Wu-Tang record yeah. on just that. Which, to me, you listen to a Wu-Tang song, and it's like, this is a new... This stuff has been uh, artistically changed and and modified. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, And I mean, that's, of course, that's a huge gray area where who who determines what's artistic and not about a sample. A sample. But... Uh, yeah. That, to me, like, Wu-Tang didn't have the resources to record a new version or something that sounded like you know whatever they were sampling but I'm thinking about indie rock music I think uh, which yeah. is the problem yeah when as soon as you bring that up it's like oh there's a whole swath of <laughs> music and art that is like this is what 
you were making the tools available to you and you were doing that thing I'm describing. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's case by case, right? It is. And that's tricky because you try to talk about a thing yeah. generally, but then it truly is case by case. Yeah. It's not, <laughs> especially in the art world, it's, yeah, it just depends on what's happening with it. You know? Yeah. Jared, is anybody in the clubhouse? No, it's just us. Must be broken. <laughs> yeah, must be. I can't believe none of my followers who I don't but, even know but, who they are. But it works. It does work. Yeah. I haven't gotten... Let me get in. Oh, yeah. Here, I I'll, I'll ping you. And then you mute it? Yeah. And then you mute it so there's no echo. All right. Okay, so I think... Yeah, perfect. I'm going to invite you to speak and then you'll be muted. I don't know if that makes a difference or not. I think it still shows up if you're in the room. I've been hesitating to keep jumping back to my children and talking about them over and over again because that's, you know, all I got at the moment <laughs> in this in this uncertain times. Yeah. Uh, but we were talking about tracing. My son, who I was talking about taking to the art supply store sometime, he draws incessantly. He's a, He's got a... Quite well. Yeah, he's become pretty good at it. Yeah. Uh, lately, in the last week and a half... He's gotten really into tracing in a way that is, I'm not discouraging, but I am like a little bit like side eye. Like, why are you tracing things? <laughs> I've seen you draw better than these tracings, but somehow he's really like intrigued by tracing. So he's doing a lot of tracing lately, huh. which is, I'm curious to see where he's headed with that. Yeah. It could be a good way to learn how to like feel the feeling of, I become, okay. So I in a backwards way have started drawing again. Oh yeah. Because I've been doing a lot of like this airbrush thing in Photoshop and you're essentially tracing yeah. and like different things. And then recently I've been doing like some more editorial work and they need like, they demand pencil sketches from you Whoa. Like before you do stuff. So I was like, okay, I have to retroactively do this. <laughs> yeah. And I've started doing that more. Those like kind of free pencil sketching and like I feel like I know how to draw the human face a lot better just because I know the feeling of like uh, the nose is going to be about this far from an yeah. eye or whatever and like I'm way better at drawing now after having like <laughs> done some done some of that tracing stuff so yeah that can be that can be it. but but when you're drawing freehand so it's way more f like you know you can experiment and it's it's really exciting because well, things happen so fast you know like, yeah just that is one thing about his tracing work is that because you know he would often draw something that he was looking at he's still very much learning how to do that and I did that a lot as a kid right. look at a comic book and draw the picture I'm looking at in yeah. the book um, but the stuff he's tracing so far mostly are things that are like really complex images yeah like the cover of a video game and he and he traces every aspect of it like he's trying to recreate the yeah. cover or he found you know he like I was saying earlier he loves Sonic the Hedgehog so he found this image of an evolution of every Sonic the Hedgehog ever and they overlap and they interact it's like a whole eight and a half by eleven sheet filled with hedgehogs and he traced all of them oh cool and I, I even he was super excited this week when I came in his room <laughs> he was on his floor tracing and I walked in the room and I was like, hey, what's up? Like that meme where the dad comes in and says, are you winning, son? You know, that thing. <laughs> I did that. And uh, 
he as soon as I stepped in the room and I said hi, he turned around and said, "Don't move anything. Don't touch anything." <laughs> and I said, "Do you want some tape to tape down your tracing paper?" And this like light bulb went off on his head. Oh. He was like, "Yes, I do." <laughs> uh, so I got him some tape, and it changed his whole his whole approach. You should, you should give him a light box. Should make yeah. him a oh. well. He's been using his iPad quite a bit from oh, school. Good. Yeah, that's yeah. A good idea. That he wasn't at that time, but yeah, I, he has been it, doing that. When I was a kid, I, I used to be obsessed with drawing, uh, tracing logos. Oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. like hockey logos and like any kind of logo. I think about that sometimes. But I used to draw logos all over my notebooks. And yeah, junior high for sure. Oh, band logos and stuff. Yeah, I used to trace the Metallica logo. <laughs> Before I think I knew what that band sounded like. One of the things like that for me in middle school that I remember the most is that I saw it on a t-shirt or something. You remember the company Fila? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. LA. Uh-huh. Jamal Mashburn. Is that right? I had well, some Fila's was, because yeah. I was a big Jamal Mashburn fan. I don't fan remember in, anything in about it grade. except I remember seeing somewhere that the I and the L also formed the F. Yeah, it's one of those and clever was, 90s yeah. logos. And I, when I saw that that was the case, like on purpose... It really blew my mind, <laughs> and I would just draw that Fila logo over and over again in that like grid pattern because yeah. you could do that, and it that felt like it unlocked something for me as a kid. It yeah, was like, mm-hmm. wow, I didn't know that you could be this clever with just a word. Yeah, <laughs> all those cool logos from the '90s are getting new like facelifts that just like make them super simple and not clever anymore. Yeah, it's a bummer. It's kind of a shame. Yeah. I can't wait for in like 20 years they, they're gonna make them super complex and <laughs> yeah. like shaded and stuff again like those black metal logos yeah <laughs> unreadable oh you know what I would I think would be really funny is if you went through all the black metal bands and did that to their logos like simple oh, simplified simplified them. them to like sans serif like style <laughs> I don't know man I can't remember exactly how it is. I wish Zach our friend Zach was available he sent me a idea for a sketch he has this week having to do with uh, an aged black metal fan trying to get his grandson to help him read a band's logo and I can't remember exactly how his idea plays out but we'll have to get him to tell us that one. We'll get him on the show. (laughs) That's funny. We'll get him in the clubhouse. Yeah. (laughs) What's that say? (laughs) Aaron, what are some black metal bands that you enjoy Um, personally as a person? I've been listening to those Burzum records. No, oh, mm. yikes! Yeah. Disgraced wow. black metal musician <laughs> yeah. and murderer. It's not wow. good. It's not good. But I like the music. I played a. Um, I played some uh, questionable. Some watching Woody Allen movies. Sorry, what? I played some questionable music on the show last two weeks ago. Last time. Uh, yeah, just got to. Oh, the that. mamas and the poppies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I mostly listen to stuff Dylan sends me. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I like it as a genre. I think it's like kind of ethereal and beautiful music. Yeah, I've always enjoyed it when I check it out, but I'm not well-versed. Yeah. I don't know much besides Dark th- Throne. Yeah, I'm not like I've listened in to it, this, but... I've listened to the, yeah, like, yeah. some of those Zastler records. Mm. Oh, yeah. They're heavy. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those are cool. I think I heard those because of uh, Phil Elverham saying that... Or oh, one of his yeah. albums was influenced by that. I watched some documentary, and for some reason I was thinking that maybe Dylan sent it to me. Is that the guy who's like in the woods by himself? That guy's in it. Yeah. There are three or four people that they profile. Right. 
and Zassler was one of them. So I checked out his records after that. But that seemed stark. Yeah. <laughs> You want to play some black metal, Jared? Well, don't play a Burzum song. That's for Aaron only in his private time. We don't need to publicly. So, what happens if I play music? What happens to our clubhouse? That's that's the oh, question. Well, if, yeah, if you're using your phone, that's well, good. no, no, no. That's that's a question. We need to. Uh, oh, then our music would go out to clubhouse, and then we might get in legal uh, hot water. Well, there when I when I signed on to the clubhouse, it said, "Are you going to play music?" And I said, "No." Oh. But maybe I should have said yes. <laughs> no, I don't think so. We'll try that next time. Yeah. Um, Jared, should we play some music for the remainder of the show? Well, is there anything on our list of talking points that we didn't get to yet? We read the Shakey's Wikipedia page. <laughs> Mark that off the list. Um, I dug a grave. Mark that off the list. This is an eclectic show, <laughs> topic-wise. <laughs> He went through a lot. Talked about blockchain. <laughs> blockchain, digging a grave, digging a small digging an analog animal grave. grave. Digital grave. What is... Here's one thing. I'm hungry. Me too. Me can we, three. Can we eat the mics? I am Are hungry they edible too. like those cakes? Uh, I, I'll tell you. Just personally. Have you, do you guys know about great cakes? Instagram page? Great cakes? My oh yeah, I think I... Oh, I already showed you guys. Great cakes. Yeah. Great cakes with an eight. Uh, I don't think so. Amazing cake artworks. Yeah. If you have an Instagram, go follow. Okay. I'm just going to get the lettering. Go ahead and say what you're going to say. I was just going to say, when it comes to impressive cakes, <laughs> especially viral ones, once fondant gets involved, yeah, I'm switching that off. Uh, that's cheating. I want nothing to do with like fondant. The, like the Shrek cake. Exactly. The Shrek cake was cheating. Cheating. You're just sculpting with like putty. Yeah, that's not even delicious. Okay. It's just edible. What you gotta exactly. get. It's not gonna kill you. But you but could <laughs> eat it. Okay, yeah. well, actually, the great cakes uses is about a lot. Well, I still think. Okay, so it's G R num- uh, number, number eight. eight. Numeral. Cakes spelled K A K E S. Okay. That's how it does it. Like tasty cakes. It's just really like. A well, weird, weird world. You know, we're, it seems maybe like we're getting into another another weird gray area where it's like, I'm saying, I'm drawing a hard line at fondant. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it's like, but if it's used artistically, uh, but even then, I, I think for me, if it's a cake, if I can't dive into it and uh, be fattened by it, I don't think I'm interested. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think she uses fondant quite a bit, but... I'm, I'm looking for it now. I'm going to follow it. It's got a little sunshine logo? Yes. Great. I'm following now. Beautiful. I think it, 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 they'll pop up on my feed and give me joy. Okay, good. I'm for joy. Yeah. I am in favor of joy. Did you guys see the president take a spill yesterday? Oh, no. Is he? No. no. Do you pass on? No. You know how every what president happened? takes a spill now and again, and it's this comical thing that we get oh. to see? Gerald Ford famously fell down all the time. I didn't hear about this. Gerald Ford trouble today. You know, they all do that. Did he, George did he, W. Bush. Did he trip over Sergeant? George oh, Sergeant Sal. I forgot. <laughs> Is he gone? He ate a guy. Yeah. He, he ate a staffer, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> he ate one of the staffers who was... Uh, yeah. Yesterday, Go classic, on. absolutely classic presidential move. He's trotting up the steps to Air Force One. Oh. He Ouch. slipped and bobbled. <gasps> 
then he got back on his feet, immediately bobbled again. Oh, no. And then in trying to get back on his feet, he fell completely onto his side in the third fall. Then he got up, checked his feet out, and then walked up and saluted the guys from the top oh, of the okay. plane. He's, I mean, hopefully he's okay. He seemed okay in that moment, but uh, pretty classic presidential gaffe, I'd say. Although, classic in that presidents do that all the time, but it was, uh, I'd say, marginal in that he fell three times in a row. Yeah, that's a lot of times. <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm surprised. Well, that's really, like, the only moment the president is not, like, surrounded by people. Like when he's going, because it's like it's always like a press thing when like they're going onto the plane. I feel yeah, like. it's like a it's like a it's a photo op. Yeah, yeah. so they don't want you know it's one like, second they leave him alone. <laughs> they got to prop him up, yeah. man. I mean, aside from the fact that he's a uh, frail old man, yeah, he uh, is old. It's Certainly. it's a com- it's just a classic comical uh, presidential blooper, worth worth digging up. Should we go into politics, man? <laughs> I can follow. That's down. the next thing to cover. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. Oh, I, I I haven't read it yet. There's this article I've been waiting to read. You meant should we talk about politics? I thought you meant should oh, we should all we enter run for office? office? Oh, you, you know you read the, that as should we go into politics? Because <laughs> the only it seems like the only oh, qualifications yes. <laughs> are you have to fall down. I can we've do all that. Been there. <laughs> It's, it's just, it's not the amount of times you fall down In as a president, it's the amount of times you get yeah. up. It's not the number of times you fall down as president, it's the number of people who voted to watch you do that. Exactly. That's what determines whether you are president In or all not. all politics are local politics, so it's all about where we've fallen down in town. That's right. Where have I fallen? I've fallen I on the back I'm steps of my house on 8th Street when it was covered in ice. I had a real bad spill out there one time. I don't fall. That's pretty much it. I think it's the only time. <laughs> Have yeah. you ever seen me fall? <laughs> I'm asking my wife if she's seen me fall. <laughs> I don't think so, Have Mama. Have ever seen you fall? No. Well, what is this, A.C. Slater over here? He said he was going to sit backwards in the chair. I'm like a 60s chair. kind of guy. I've seen you like trip up the stairs once or twice, but... <laughs> oh, yeah. I've so tripped up the stairs. That's what the president Wait. did. No way. Like, just kind of, you know, miss a step or something? Mama, I never... <laughs> Listening to Burzum calling his wife Mama. What's going on over here? It's a new thing I'm trying live on the radio. (laughs) No, you you don't really fall. Thank you. You're welcome. I walked six miles yesterday because I've been having this six miles. Hold on, hold on. I didn't realize it was six miles. What was the article you were gonna say? Oh, there's an article about uh, how it's very, 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 very likely that famous professional wrestler Stan Lane is the father of QAnon adjacent Congresswoman Lauren Boebert. Uh, and there's been, uh, uh, and it sounds like there was a, um, a bribed, uh, faked paternity test allegedly. Um, and that, that it's very, very likely that he is the, the father, which only is interesting if you know who this wrestler yeah. is. Uh, but it's like the date of conception matches with the 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 date of when there was a professional wrestling show in the county where she was conceived and lived. All this stuff. Uh, I haven't read the article yet, but okay. speaking of articles, I'll report back wow, next week. Yeah. Let me know when you find it's out. Interesting stuff. Bobert. Bobert. Yeah. Anyway, what were you saying? I well, I interrupted Mike. Mike walked <laughs> six, six miles. Oh yeah, six miles. Oh, I was just going to say, I also walk. don't fall down often. 
Yeah. Uh, but I do frequently. Wait. Uh, hold on. <laughs> Anna something, just, was, something was said off mic. Anna just looked at me off mic, said, I know when you fell down. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear it. Okay. Is I it embarrassing to me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, you almost fell down. Oh, so, okay. good. Okay, so, so, so <laughs> maybe this doesn't count. And I wasn't actually a witness because I was like, at, home, see it. at home so sick in bed a few years ago. And you were at my studio uh, working a pop-up event selling oh, your posters. Oh, my goodness. I did. Okay, <laughs> this sounds is, familiar. This is one of the most yes. embarrassing moments of my Which life. Which is why I wasn't going to say something. <laughs> well, but I, I had a water bottle. And I was selling these posters and this guy came in and was like, oh, wow, like I got to buy one of these posters. And posters. I love posters. I was like, oh, great. I was uh, kind of like, it's <laughs> so like my first sale. And I had a water bottle and it had fallen over. So it was just rolling behind me and I slipped on it like oh. a banana peel. And <laughs> like just log rolling like, a banana whoa, peel. Whoa, whoa, And like caught myself, but everyone in the pop-up and everyone was just watching me as I'm like slowly, and I was like, I'm good, I'm good. It was- um, And his water bottle has this like dent down one side where it's just like popped in a little oh, bit. Oh man. Because of the fall? Yeah. But you didn't go down. But you no, didn't I technically didn't, go but down. I, 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 you know what? I should have gone down. That would have been less embarrassing. No. Just like crumpled down. <laughs> Instead, I was like oh, kicking everything. And, and then everyone's like, what just happened there? <laughs> and then the guy was just like, I guess we'll take that one. Because <laughs> if you fall, everyone's like, oh my gosh, that guy fell down. Yeah. But if you just put on a weird display, everyone's yeah. like, did you see that guy? What is that? Hey, hey look at me! I'm getting a sale over here. <laughs> it looked like I was doing like we a, got one, like a like a like a hardcore dance or something. <laughs> I, picking up. It yeah. was yeah. I'm so happy you weren't there. I know. I was so sick. Oh. Anyway, Mike walked six miles. I walked six oh, miles yeah. yesterday. I uh, I've been having the most severe back pain that I've ever experienced oh, in yeah. my life. I'm serious. I think it's from sitting for work now. Spasms? No, I've had spasms. I, had I don't that. like spasms. Do you get, but do you, do you get tingles? <laughs> no. <laughs> I've been having muscle tingles, Uh-oh. and it's concerning. Wait, which muscle? <laughs> the, the, uh, <laughs> the arm. I do get tingles. <laughs> I think it's, it sounds like a pinched nerve. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that's no good. It that doesn't hurt, though. It just tingles like electric, like I'm like lightly shocking myself. My dad had some that. He had to get times. elbow surgery. I don't want to do that. Um, Just ignore it until it goes away. Will do. Yeah, try that. Over and out. Anyway, I've been having this back pain, and I think it is from sitting professionally now in a way that I never did before mm. prior to COVID. My job involved some sitting, but now it involves only sitting. Uh, you have a proper chair? I think I have you, a pretty good chair. You have a relatively new office, too, right? Yeah. That was... You bet you were in the office pre-pandemic, but not for long. Yeah, long. and a, and you weren't sitting in there all the exactly. long day. Exactly, and I was sitting in a lot of places for long amounts of time. But my job also, prior to the pandemic, included about thirty percent light manual labor. Yeah, and now that's just evaporated for the time being. I sit in a chair every day, probably around ten hours. Yeah, and uh, I was having trouble, and I bought a chair, and it changed my yeah. life. Yeah. 
I do have a pretty good chair, thankfully. An expensive chair that was provided for me. Uh, But, and I don't mean, maybe that's not the only reason. It's also been winter, so I haven't been otherwise active. So now that the weather is nice, er, I've walked to and from work yesterday. Wow. uh, Which is six miles total. Now, how is that uh, traffic-wise? Was it uh, troublesome? The only hairy part, the only thing that's hairy is crossing the big street that I was say- praising earlier. Like, uh, directly in front of your house? Yeah. yeah. It's Frogger right But here. once you're out there, okay. But once I'm across the street, well, twice, because I have to cross here and then I have to cross Curry Pike. But once once you get those two crosses out from the get-go, then it's smooth sailing all the way downtown. Smooth, town. easy, no problem. Because of that new uh, sidewalk they got. Brand new, wide sidewalk. But it was nice. It felt good, but then this morning, I was really stiff in the back yeah and it's like and I told Jess I was like I think I did the right thing you just need to do that thing every single day but I on. have to keep working it out until it's or gone once a week at least yeah yeah but I'm feeling pretty good right at the moment which is good I'm glad it's warmer out I'm gonna try to yeah me too walk maybe jog maybe yeah. I'll jog I jogged I jogged once so far this this year well that's good my, my, my muscles felt it real bad the next day do you run Anna I do not Aaron does. Mm-hmm. I practice yoga. Oh, okay. You know, I was talking to a local running sensation, uh, Kaylor, the other day. I can't run. About getting getting uh, uh, getting him on the show to talk about... Oh, that's a good idea. How much he runs. That'd be great. I've seen his benchmarks go up yep. a few times. That's cool. I was gotten to a conversation last week. A buddy and I went for a walk outdoors, and he was saying that he was thinking about running. He was asking me if I ever run, and I said, no way. I'll, I'll walk... I like walking. It feels good. feels good for me. Running, that feels bad and feels bad for me. Yeah. So I'm not doing that. Yeah. But I'll go on a long walk, no problem. It just takes longer. You just got to plan. That's my philosophy. <laughs> my wife's been doing some yoga lately. That, that's what I was going to say. Um, your back trouble. Yeah. I... My job involves either sitting at a desk or hauling around a lot yeah. of heavy gear with my smaller frame, and my muscles often are like tight or sore. And just stretching every day does yeah. wonders. Do you uh, have you developed your own routine? Do you, you do an online thing? Yeah, How do you- actually, as a result of. The pandemic, I actually practice way more yoga than I used to because I used to go to a studio, which I really liked because yeah. there's this accountability in your practice. You can't end the video early. You can't pause to go do a quick chore or something, but you had to get there. So I would only go once or twice a week, not at all if I was busy. And now I just do it every other day. Yeah. I usually just try and do it when Aaron goes for a run, but... And do you... Uh- do you watch a video or do you Oh yeah, have, sorry. Yeah. I watch a video. Yeah. Oh, I see. So you have someone leading you. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, doesn't your cousin Mike do uh, Diamond Dallas Page yoga? He used to. Yeah. He yeah. got he got his life turned around by that thing, I think. But yeah. I don't know if he does anymore. I haven't talked to him about it in a while. I've never done yoga. I don't think I've, I've really done it either. I mean, I've done maybe maybe a move, but I've never actually done a sesh. Yeah. I should do that sometime. I I fear tooting. Oh, uh, yeah. That'd be a problem. I mean... In, in public space, mm-hmm. if I were to go to a yoga class. How often does that happen in the studio? 
I every mean, class? Every time? Not not from you personally, but from someone in the room. I have never witnessed it. Oh, is there really? music playing in the background? Yes, there's oh, okay. music. Are there men in these? There are men. <laughs> there's lots of men. I've been in classes where it's ju- just as many men as That's women. a little bit shocking to Do me. Do they look I like would... they're holding it in? <laughs> like, <laughs> with the are they like... <laughs> I mean, there's lots of different types of... Oh, I'm sorry. They're not doing that. Okay. Um, there's lots of different types of yoga you can do. Mm-hmm. And finding the right fit is, you know, just as important as, you know, any other thing that you find the right fit for. You know, there's, I have an acquaintance who was a hot yoga instructor for a yeah, while. Yeah, like, that DC. is not for everyone. Wait, now, are you saying... I'll tell you what you're about to ask. The answer is yes to both. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So all that to say, I think some people try yoga once and are in in the wrong class for what they're looking for, yeah. and then they give up on it, or it's like that was too much like meditation. I don't want to listen to my own thoughts, or that was <laughs> not enough. My heart rate didn't get up enough, or whatever. But once you find like what you're looking for, the one, yeah. You know, we had a foster child who seemed to benefit from nightly YouTube kid yoga. Oh, interesting. They have kid yoga for everything. Uh, they have kid yoga for whatever. What do you mean for? For any kind of uh, IP intellectual, intellectual property that uh, oh, you want to steal. Frozen? Themed. Frozen oh. kid yoga? Um, oh, hey, we're out of time. Well. We were just about to get into we were just all the applications I of just kid checked. yoga. I thought we had loads of time left. I just checked. We're done. We're out. We gotta, you got to end this thing. Well, Aaron and Anna, thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having us. Uh, My pleasure. AnnaPowellDenton.com? No. You got it. Is that right? Yeah. That's right. Nice. AaronLowellDenton.com. Aaron, and Aaron Lowell. <laughs> I, I didn't know if it was AaronLowell.com or Aaron Lowell Denton. I always forget. Uh, AaronLowellDenton.com. Either. either way, it'll get there. Go to their websites and see their uh, wonderful art. Mike, we're out of time. Yes, thank you. So here, here is uh, Phil Collins. No, we don't even have time for Phil Collins. <laughs> for we have time to say goodbye. No Phil Collins. It's time to say goodbye. Bye! <laughs>